0: Uh, I I just want to share with you guys, Uh, I've been watching, the Lord gave me a word about in October, and it was about ministry leaders and pastors and things like that, and it was in a dream, and I started seeing this thing come about, that's why we used last series to be a blessing to a pastor in a local church here. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how much we raised so far, how much you guys gave, because we're we want to meet with him. We want to get some videography and get film it so that you guys can see it. And, you know, it's part of that connecting the dots and the celebration. So I can't tell you how much, but we did really good. I mean, seeing your generous hearts, it was it was really a blessing for me. And they're so excited. I keep kind of dropping little tidbits of what, you know, what what you guys gave. And so they're really excited about it. And so we're going to get some videography of that so I can reveal that to all of you. So uh, thank you, guys, for your generous heart. Those of you who gave and, and was prompted and responded to what the Holy Spirit was saying, thank you so much for that. Um, so that is a huge blessing. I really feel like that's a seed into breaking down the walls of, of religion in Henderson County and just cr- begin to create some some bond, uh, bonding between churches and healing between churches for, for whatever reason. there's just There's just a lot of stuff that goes on, and so unfortunately, and I think our generation is going to see a shift in all of that, and I, we have a lot of pastor friends here in this town, a lot of pastors support us, and we support them, and so that's what, that's our heart, I tell them we're here to serve you guys and your, your church, and whatever you guys need, if we have it, we'll give it to you. Whatever we've learned, whatever we've discovered, we're here to serve you, to help them become all God created them to be, and so if we just carry that heart, I think we'll see a lot of unity in the body. And so that's that's our heart here at Thrive Community Church, and you'll learn more of that in Equip Track. But the word that the Lord's really been giving me through that, and since then, and I've seen so many things, and I know holiday seasons have to do with it, and not only the things that are happening in the natural, but they also are happening in the spiritual. But this this about this time frame is a time of pruning. It's the season of pruning, a late fall into spring. It's when things get cold. The climate gets cold, and the sap starts to slow down in trees, and trees about go dormant. They're almost dormant, and so it's a good time to prune the trees because the, they're still healthy, and they're not—they're not, they're not going to hurt the trees as much. And so, such is our lives, our human lives, that we go through the year, and we've got summer, and then we've got fall again, and everything's just rocking and rolling, and we're going and we're going and going. And it's really our—there's our, there, abundance in our lives, and we're flourishing. We're in a blessed, a very blessed season in general. But while while we're growing and we're moving forward and we're taking care of business and we're taking care of everything that God is giving us, we're trying to be good stewards, well, we don't always have the time to take care of our spiritual lives and our emotional lives and our souls like we really should, and just like a tree or just like a plant— we we start to have these little twigs and these little sprigs and these little branches that are really sucklings start to grow in our lives our spiritual lives we're you know scripture says that we always compares us to trees well whenever jesus healed a blind man he first when he first prayed for him he he opened his eyes and he said he see, sees men men walking around like trees and throughout scripture you see that men that trees are referenced in men and men like trees and so it's the same with our our spiritual journey. At some point, because of the busyness and the exhaustion and the being tapped out and and just going, 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 and everything that's flourishing, we get to these holiday seasons. And we're tired, but yet there's so much to do, and it gears around family and friends and people close to us. And you know what the beauty about that is? A lot of those bring on Old hurts, and old wounds, and old experiences, and old stuff, and that stuff starts to bubble up a little bit because we have memories around these holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, that stem from childhood, and we remember, and we have loss, and then there's separation and family, and there's all this stuff, and what we don't realize is those are little branches of sucklings that have been in our lives for a very long time, and they're actually sucking the life out of us. Same with a tree, same with a fruit tree, same with your oak tree, same with your pecan- Any trees you have, any plant, tomato plants, you want to pull those little, little suckling branches off so that you can have some good tomatoes. Same with oranges. And in fact, the more you prune a tree in a healthy way, the more it actually flourishes and the more abundant that tree becomes. You look like, it looks like you're stripping that tree down. But in reality, you're preparing it for a season of abundance and i really feel like that's what this season is that we're going into because i feel like with the nearness of the, of the lord uh, on earth i really feel like he's getting ready he's preparing a spotless bride and so there's a lot of pruning going on and there's a lot of humility that must come along with that the second song that we sang even it's just it's all about his way and doing things his way seeing it from his perspective and leaning into him and we're we're kind of gearing this message today's message uh, I I'm, I'm putting this into today's message on purpose because I really need us to get this we and you are likely going through a pruning phase and it feels like and if we take it from the wrong perspective it hurts a little bit but in in John 15:2 Jesus says that those who God prunes are the ones who are bearing fruit So the good news is, he says, so that they bear more fruit. So unfortunately, there's got to be a lot of stuff get stripped down off of us because it's just sucking the life out of us, and it's not really what God has for us so that he can move us into that season of abundance and where we really start to flourish. In fact, with citrus trees, unless you do that, the citrus trees won't be sweet enough. Some old farmers they'll take and they'll shake peach trees in the early in the earlier in their production to get all the little bitty peaches off to leave the bigger peaches so all the nutrients go to the bigger go to the, the peaches that remain, and so there's something about that that we need to get in our lives. And so you are going through things, and it's likely not an attack from Satan. And if it is, what Satan means for evil, God purposes for good. And so there's some things that we're going through, each individual, or you will be going through, and the purpose is so that you cut the weight, cut the branches, cut the stuff that, yes, it did bear fruit, but it's not going to be bearing fruit for the next season. Therefore, we need to be prepared to bear fruit in the next season, but the only way to do that is to begin to lean into God's Word and lean into the Holy Spirit specifically for what He has for you and what He wants to speak into your life, especially in light of old memories, experiences, hurts, wounds, etc., that this season begins to bring up. Now, don't let other people's branches start sucking life out of your, your tree, all right? And so be very aware, too, because We're so connected with other people, and we're so relational with other people, but here's the thing. They are going through their stuff. Don't let their stuff control you, and be mindful that you are going through some stuff. Let's be patient as you're going through a pruning season. So I'm going to break that down. I just wanted to start that off so you kind of get an understanding of what we're going to be talking about, because in our series, The Gift That Keeps On Giving, we're talking about this question, is he a person? Is he a person? Is the Holy Spirit a person? We're going to be in Romans 8 and Ephesians 4, and there are some uh, theological groups that would say that the Holy Spirit is not a person, that it's more like a power or a force. There's actually some denominations that don't even recognize him as the Holy Spirit, uh, there's these persuasions that try to move us away from the Holy Spirit. We talked about that why last weekend is because that's who the Holy Spirit is who Jesus sent so that we may have direct connection with the Father. So I want you to think if we're thinking of the Holy Spirit as an it and not a him or a force, then we may be struggling in this area of through our seasons of pruning or our growth or our maturity because of this. Simple purpose right here because if you don't believe that he is a person Then you'll never develop a personal relationship with him Because you don't develop a personal personal relationship with a thing Now what what qualifies something to be a person? Well, you are a person sitting in a chair You are the person the chair is the thing What what equates to having being a person? Well having a personality You have a mind you have a will and you have an emotions. That's very important for us to know. And I really don't think that we have a problem with the Holy Spirit as much as probably the name. When you think about it, we have God the Father, God the Son, and then God the Holy Spirit. But I think that freaks us out a little bit. But if it were like God the Father, God the Son, and maybe God Bill, then we might just be able to accept that because we're familiar with that. Like, I'm, I'm going to go talk with God Bill. I'm going to go hang out with a little bit with God Bill. Because some of the more... The more, um, you know, uh, dignified churches might say, well, I'm going to go hang out with God William. And then some of the more charismatic churches might say, I'm going to go hang out with Wild Billy. You've been in those charismatic churches where he's Wild Billy. In the... <laughs> but I don't, think, I don't think that we have a problem with, with that, with if, he were the, if his name was something different. But for some reason, when you talked about the Holy Spirit, we begin to have a struggle over this. But the Holy Spirit describes his function. God the Father is the description. God the Son is a description. But God the Holy Spirit is both his description and his function. His name is Holy Spirit. It's actually his name is God. There's only one. He has three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God, Wild Billy, the Holy Spirit. So when we get that, we'll start to realize, wait a minute, I can't separate the one from the other two-thirds. I've got to lean in and accept Him just as much as I accept the God the Father and God the Son. And here's what we need to know, that God Himself has a soul. God has a mind, He has a will, and He has emotions. Look at Matthew 12, 18. It says, Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul, this is God the Father speaking, my soul is well-pleased, I will put my spirit upon him. He has a soul. He's declaring it. Because the Holy Spirit is a person, he has a soul. He has a mind and a will, and he has emotions. We think with our minds, we feel with our emotions, and we desire with our souls. Sorry, we we desire with our wills. Okay, you got to get this. It's in these areas God prunes our lives So we will align our souls to be like his soul. So it's in the mind, will, and emotions that you're getting pruned, that you go through stuff, that stuff happens, that things begin to bubble up from deep down in the mind, will, and the emotions that God is allowing those things to come to the surface so that we can choose to live out of those things or we can choose to subject those things to the Holy Spirit so that our mind, will, and emotions can begin to look like his mind, will, and emotions. Track with me a little bit. Hebrews 10, 38 says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Here's what he's saying. God moves us forward from faith to faith, and he wants us to stay in that place. He's taking us from level to level with him. Now, In those situations, emotions start to bubble up because what's happening is, as he moves us forward in faith, there's stuff that we just can't control. And it's uncomfortable. We're not used to it. And so it bubbles up old emotions and feelings and hurts and wounds and thoughts that we may not fully comprehend, so it causes this internal human to want to try to control an outcome that we really have no control over so when we don't lean into him as, we ta- as he takes us from faith to faith, we try to fight for our, most, our best comfort zones. That's when fight or flight starts to come in, which is a natural response that is in the human being. So we start to reach for what we know to be comfortable and try to pull things down. Now, when we do that, we move back from faith to faith, and what God is saying is here is it, he, it displeases him. It hurts him. Because he knows the effects that it has on us. Because we're no longer aligning our will with his will. We're taking our will and applying our desires due to our emotions. But Psalms 1.3 says this. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers, scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. Man, I'm going through some stuff. What are you going to do? I'm not going to kick and flail and throw a fit. No, I'm going to lean in. I'm going to meditate in his word. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of the Lord. Let's just say that. And in his word, he meditates day and night. Look at this. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper we got to get this pruning season thing down because we need to be able to embrace it rather than reject it because it is part of God's process to take us from faith to faith We've got to let go of some control and lean in to meditate on the Word of God so that He can bless everything that we do because the things that we do are actually coming from Him. He is now our source of source of nutrients. He's our source of water. He's our source of healing. He is just our source. So the Holy Spirit wants to help us think like God thinks. He wants to help us feel what God feels. And He also wants... And he desi- and wants us to desire what God desires. When we have that nearness, it starts to get a lot more familiar of his mind, his will, and his emotions, his everything in this area. So we have someone living inside of us who has and knows the mind of God. We have someone inside of us who has and knows the will of God. We have someone living inside of us who has and knows the feelings of Of God. So let's start with the first one, the mind. He has and knows the mind of God, and he's living inside of us. Number one, he has a mind. John 16, 13 says this, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into some truth. All truth. Thank you very much. He will guide you into all truth. He will guide us into all truth, How can he guide us into all truth? Because he knows all truth. There's three omnis that come along with with God. It's omniscient, which is where we get the word science. It's knowing. uh, Sorry, omnipresent, which is he's all-present. And then he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's all-powerful. Omniscient, omnipresent and omnipotent. This has to do with mind, will, and emotions. He is able to hear, taste, smell, touch, and he has sight. He's just like us, because we are made in whose image? In their image. How intelligent is the Holy Spirit? What is his IQ? IQ is intelligent. That's right. He knows it all. You can't measure him, because he has divine intellect. So I'm, I'm taking you somewhere. So the Holy Spirit knows everything. He knows everything that God knows because he is God. Now, you have someone living inside of you that knows everything there is to know about everything, and he has committed himself to be your teacher. And since you have someone who's living inside of you who knows everything, and he has committed to being your personal teacher... Why don't we ask him questions? I think the reason is is because we struggle with him truly being a person that we can be intimate and have relationship with. I think some, some of us just feel like there's such a gap between us and the Holy Spirit that we have, don't have this comfort level as we might with another individual to where we can just ask him questions that are on our heart. Somewhere inside of us, we've got to have a a transition of our thinking and get away from not knowing that the Holy Spirit is omnipresent and trusting, believing by revelation of the Word of God and trusting that He's right here with us right now. And He's actually moving about us right now and He's penetrating your thoughts even right now. Have you ever had a problem that you couldn't solve? The Holy Spirit is a genius. He can give you the answer to the most unique situations you may may be going through. Have you ever, men, have you ever been building something and you're like, I don't know how to finish this out. I don't know how to finish this plumbing out. Let me tell you, you can ask the Holy Spirit and he'll give you revelation of what you need to know so that you can finish that job out. I was working on, I can't remember what I was working on years ago, but I'd actually borrowed a Makita Sawzall from my my, uh, stepdad and a Sawzall is like a reciprocating saw, it just cuts. I can't remember what I was cutting, but all I know is whenever I went to take the blade out, the spring and the little ball bearing went flying out and I was outside in the dirt like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this thing is gone. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's broken. I'm going to ruin it. He's going to be hot. <laughs> and so I even looked for it for a while. And I just went on to something else and worked on something else. I came back to it and I said, okay, Holy Spirit, I need your help to find this little bitty ball bearing because that in the spring is what locks the blade into place in a little hole that's on the blade. So I said, I just looked at the ground and said, Holy Spirit, you just guide me to where I need to look and where I need to find this thing in sand, in the dirt. Outside, he guided me to this little bitty spring and this little bitty ball bearing. Just because I stopped, I began to focus on him and ask him for help. The Holy Spirit wants to help you with even the smallest, most minute things, but he has to be invited in. He wants to be invited into your situation. Number two, he has a will. Now, Acts 16.6 says this. Now, when when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden. This was Paul going to spread the gospel and plant churches because he was a missionary, missionary journeys. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Now later they were able to go and and deliver the word in Asia, but for some reason at this moment, this time, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to deliver and preach the word in Asia. Now, to forbid is to exercise one's will. So the Holy Spirit was exercising his will against Paul. Well, doesn't the Holy Spirit want want us to preach the gospel? Absolutely. That's not what he was saying. But there was a purpose that Paul needed to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and a reason that sometimes it was bigger than Paul's understanding, but Paul just needed to be humble and submitted to what the Holy Spirit was doing so that the Holy Spirit could do the work he wanted to do wherever he wanted to do it. And in fact, I believe he made him stay in Macedonia for an extended period of time. But again, later, the word did go into Asia. And sometimes we have a check in our spirit. We're being told not to do something we know is to fulfill the word of God, but it might not be to fulfill the will of God in the moment. How do I know that? Well, just hang on there. We're going to get there. But we need to know that the Holy Spirit has a will and he does want to exercise his will in our lives. So since he has a will, and obviously his will is the will of God, you get it? You get it? Why not get to know him so that you know the will of God for your life? The Bible tells us the general will of God for our lives, but if you want to know about marriage or business or if you want to know about how to pray the bible tells you but what if you want to know what to pray look at romans 8:28 and it says this i don't think we have it on the screen it says this and we know that all things work together for good to those who love god to those who are the called according to his purpose but let me let me pull back that was romans 8:28 let me go to romans 8:26 Says likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit Himself self makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Romans twenty eight twenty eight twenty-seven says, Now he who searches the hearts knows that the mind of that what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. Now, you may be thinking, well, I know exactly what I was going to pray. No, you don't. You know exactly what the Holy Spirit gave you to pray. You think you may be going into prayer, and you have an idea of things that you're going to go and pray about. Where do you think that idea even came from? You might be listening to the Holy Spirit and you're giving yourself credit for things that He's giving you, and you may be missing by not paying attention closer to what He's doing inside of you so that you can hear more about what He wants you to do or what He wants for your life or what God's will, specific will, is for your life. It's in those times of intercessions. It's in those times of prayer when we begin to have these thoughts that come upon us and we know those thoughts honor the general will of God and the character of God and the heart of God, it's when we pay attention to those that voice, those feelings, because he has feelings and not our own feelings. Sometimes our feelings want to choke somebody or slap somebody, but those are not godly feelings. That's not his specific will nor general will, so we have to subject that to his general will so we can get in line so he can give us his specific will. Y'all tracking with me? I'm trying to be, give it in baby steps. I want you to get it. So, so what if you want to know, not know just how to be married, which is the general will, but what if you want to know whom to marry and when to get married, which is the specific will of God? The Holy Spirit wants to tell you those specific things for your life as well. He wants you to know specifically what His will is and what He has for you. But it requires us getting rid of the emotions that start to lift up in those situations and in those circumstances so that we can lean in to hear the will of God. Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but but when He comes, the Holy Spirit, He will tell you. He says, He will speak to you and guide you into all truth. So when... The trials, when trials are at hand and this pruning season is in, the Holy Spirit will assist you in knowing what the truth is and how to walk it out according to God's will. Let me give you a picture that you're all so well of. Something happens, life happens, it's outside of our control, it's not what our will wanted, it makes us feel X, fill in the blank, and then our emotions start to tell us blank, blank, blank. And in our minds, we just want to speak blank, blank, blank. The pruning season is on, but we don't recognize it because our mind, will, and emotions are flared up, and it's the only thing real in our lives in the moment, which is why maturity, spiritual maturity, takes so much work and so much effort to not listen to that voice, those voices, because it's a lot of random voices that get mixed in with that one right there, but to come over and subject them to the general will of God according to his word so we can take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And when we get to that place, now he can speak his specific will into our lives for what he has going into the next season after the pruning so that he can bring the abundance and the favor that he intends through that pruning moment you're going through. It's really good. And we are living in the most incredible time ever because before the Holy Spirit come, there was 400 years of drought. In our little country, we can't even think about 400 years. You go to Europe and you see all these massive buildings that have been there for five, six, seven hundred 700 years. You go to Israel, you see buildings that have been there for 2,000 years. You come to America and you were thinking like the last 100 years. That's about the best concept that we have. So it's hard for us to understand for 400 years, the voice of God was not even present on earth. But then not long after Jesus came and then was resurrected, the Holy Spirit fell. And it was in that moment that Peter got up and he began to declare the things that the prophet Joel had said. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell, every man was now able to have access and be able to hear the voice of God, the voice of Holy Bill, the voice of Holy Spirit. And he says that young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. Who's dreaming dreams? You got old man, old woman, old man. And who's seeing visions? <laughs> old man. The rest of you just need to tap into the Lord. I mean, somebody's lying out here. Either you're you're not, or the baptism of the Holy Spirit may be what you need. So we're getting there. We're go, we're going to move there. But this is what they said: that old men will old men will see, dream dreams and young young men will have visions. And now we can all have a personal, intimate relationship with a holy God who not only has a general will for us that we walk in Him and we be rooted and grounded in Christ according to His Word, but then He also has a specific will that He all wants us to know for where He is taking us, what He has purposed us for, what He has created us for, and then how to get there. But you can't have a personal relationship through someone else. That would be like me saying, Merle would you go tell my wife I really want to see her tonight and have dinner with her? That would be really good for me. Would you tell me what she says in response to that? No, no. And no, I'm not going to have a relationship with my wife through another man. It just doesn't make any sense. But so often we go to someone, we think they are anointed, and we say, would you just hear, what, what do you feel like the Lord is saying for my life? What do you think the Lord has for me right now? What is it the Lord is saying about me right now? What is the... Well, I don't know. What is the Lord telling you right now? What I can do is confirm, and what you should do is lean into godly counsel for a confirmation. Does this, even, this thing that you're hearing even line up with the Word of God? We start there. So we need godly counsel, we need people around us for that, but we each need a personal, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, listening to Him. Number three, God has emotions. The Holy Spirit has emotions. Galatians 5, and 23 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now these are, these are all characteristics of a person, not a thing. Like a tree has life, but it doesn't have a soul. It's a living thing, but you have a soul. You're a living thing like God. A tree can't have joy and be kind. A person exhibits kindness and self-control. Look at Ephesians 4.30, though. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, an attribute of God's emotions is grieving. We can grieve the Holy Spirit, but also joy. And these are just two attributes of the emotions that the Holy Spirit carries. Now I'm going to give you some back story, some back context passages, so that we can understand what is he talking about in this situation. Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Lying, Grieves the Holy Spirit, verse twenty-six. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Now, giving place to Satan, and your wrath grieves the Holy Spirit. Ephesians four twenty-eight. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Not giving grieves the Holy Spirit. 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Corrupt words grieve the Holy Spirit. Am I touching on anybody's toes right now? Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Verse 31, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Verse 32, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Boy, isn't that good? Because when I'm being pruned, Boy, I'm thinking bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, and some malice. But he says, Don't listen to that. Come under the will of God and let the pruning bear fruit for abundance in the next season. Be kind, tender hearted, forgive one another, even as God and Christ. Don't forget who forgave you and why you even get a chance to have breath. Whew. But they're human. The people around us are human. We can touch them. We can feel them. We don't want to smell them anymore. We don't want to see them anymore. We don't. And that causes our emotions to rage in these ways. And forgive them. Love them. Don't speak against them. Be tender hearted towards them. Lord, this thing that you're asking to do is a hard thing. That's why He calls us disciples. That's why He calls us to lean in and let go of our will. So that we can line up with His will, so that we can live out that specific will that He has for each and every one of us. So if you want to see what grieves the Holy Spirit, it's sin. Sin grieves the Holy Spirit. And why does sin grieve the Holy Spirit? Because it hurts you and you are as a child. When you sin, you're not just sinning against the Holy Spirit, you're actually sinning against yourself, you're hurting yourself. And the Holy Spirit is back here trying to have relationship with you, and he's watching you hurt yourself thinking you're hurting another person. I've got a clip for you, and this is about the best picture that I could give you of someone who, when they're sinning and grieving the Holy Spirit, how we actually look to the Holy Spirit. This comes from the television show The Office, and uh, if you don't like humor, you might want to close your eyes. Okay, so that's kind of how it looks. You can stop that. Kind of how it looks to the Holy Spirit. We're sitting there beating ourselves up as we're sinning and we're doing these things. We think we think we're doing something towards another person who has hurt us, or another place, or the church, or a workplace, or your boss, or whatever it is. But that's exactly how we look to the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Isn't that humbling? And usually we're using that last move on us over and over and over, and we're, we're, upset with, we're upset with other people because of what we're taking ourselves through, or we get upset with God. Where were you, God? I was standing back waiting for you to get your own self out of your hands. <laughs> God prunes those who bear fruit so that they will bear more fruit. He uses our spouses. He uses our leaders. He uses our friends. He uses our enemies, but it's in these times our mind, our wills, and our emotions are being challenged, so we're humble. We have to humble ourselves so that we can align with his mind, will, and emotions so that we can truly begin to flourish and see these abundant seasons in our lives. Forgive, let go, be tender-hearted towards others, and allow God to, to vindicate the situation, allow God to, li- to step in on our behalf. What did we fight? What do we sing? He-, he takes the head off our enemies, and then he says, here, you got the victory. That's exactly what he does with us. But he can't do it for as long as we're carrying that anger and that resentment and that stuff, that unforgiveness in our own hands, and we're, we're trying to have control over a situation, and we're just punching ourselves. So if you want to grieve the Holy Spirit, hold on to unforgiveness. Hold on to it tight. Hold on to that resentment. If you want to grieve Him, hold on to sin. If you want to grieve Him, keep doing what you thought was right in your own eyes and what just felt good to you and grieve Him. But if you want to flourish... If you want to really get through the pruning season that you're probably going through and you want to find that abundance season that you know Jesus Christ came for you to have, if you want to get to that place where He is blessing everything that you touch, then we're going to have to take all those thoughts captive. And we're going to have to bring them to the obedience of Christ. And we're going to have to trust that He's going to move on our behalf. We need to understand that sin grieves Him and He loves us and so he hates it when we're sinning against ourselves. I want to pray for you. If you will, just kind of get to that place and where you hear from the Lord. You know, it was, it was a message like this whenever I was in Austin. My young adult pastor came in and I'm like, okay, it's a different Thursday because he and his wife were separating us. The so guys went with him and the girls went with his wife. And he started talking about sins that we have in men and in its morality and then women with morality. And he started talking about both of them separately, started talking about how this grieves the Holy Spirit and purity and what God desires for us and how it really is just hurting ourselves when we do these things. And it hit me like a ton of bricks because I love the Holy Spirit and everything that God had transformed me was because I knew it was because of what the Holy Spirit was doing in my life. And I had developed an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. But in my private time, I was doing things I shouldn't have been doing. I was doing things that, well, nobody's going to know. All my friends in church will never find this out. But I learned from, the whole, I learned from my young adults pastor, but the Holy Spirit sees it. And you're grieving the Holy Spirit by doing these things. And it hit me so hard because I desire that intimacy with Him that in that moment, since that moment, I've never done it again. And God is really trying to get the body of Christ back to this place of awe and wonder for what the Holy Spirit does, wants to do, and can do in our lives. But it's going to take a lot of humility a lot of tender, tender-heartedness, a lot of forgiving, and receiving the pruning that he's taking us through so that we don't stay in a perpetual state of pain and suffering and trial, thinking, when is this thing ever going to end? So I want to pray for you, if you will, when, you, when you're in the presence of the Holy Spirit, just ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? My second question is, what has God been using to align your soul with His? What has brought anger, resentment, unforgiveness, distraction into your life that He is saying to bring under me? Take this thought captive and bring it into the obedience of Christ. So Father, I thank you for the seasons of pruning, and I thank you for those who are catching a hold of this word and making it so alive inside of them today, Lord. I pray for a fresh grace on their lives, a renewal of your presence and your voice inside of them. I pray that as they take all of these thoughts, these feelings, these emotions, these hurts, these wounds, these these desires of their soul, Lord, I pray that now in obedience, as difficult as it may be, they begin to bring them under the truth of your written word, Lord, so that they can be refreshed by your voice. I pray that their minds no longer be captive to negligence, negativity, thoughts of Satan, thoughts of the enemy, thoughts of one another that are bringing harm into their own lives, bitterness, resentment, wounds, anything that is entrapping them and keeping them in bondage, Father. I pray that you are setting captives free right now Lord and that you are starting to speak and just break shackles off of their minds according to your word I pray for a new alignment of their minds with your word I pray and as they do that as they get their minds in alignment with what you are saying Lord I pray that their emotions come along with and their emotions are no longer flared up by the events of the past or the events of the present or the events of of Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas morning, Lord, no longer the abuses, the hurts and the wounds that those emotions of self-protection start to bring about, Lord, but they just come into your arms and they're fully embraced and yielding unto you, into your presence, Lord, and that you just tear down the emotions and the walls and the bondages of self-protection that they have established over the years, Lord. I pray for their, their feelings, Father, to just be renewed in your presence. Father, I pray that they, they use their will no longer for their own desires and their own pleasures and their own things that they believe no one would ever know, but, Holy Spirit, you know. And they use their will to subject their souls unto your will. And, Father, in every one of these areas, I pray that there is a spiritual chiropractor moment where you're bringing them into realignment and readjustment, Lord, with what it is that you want to do, not only for them right now, but the season to come, but the generations to come after that. So, Father, I just pray for blessing after blessing over them, and I pray for healing and grace as they transpire through these situations and through these thoughts, these, this will, and their emotions. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.